connected. Your link to Africa's markets. Brought to you by Standard Bank. Your partner for growth on this continent. We call home. Hashtag Africa Connected. And of course, uh, Standard Bank and 702 sending Nigiwa across our continent to get us insights into uh, the difficulties and or the ease of doing business uh, among ourselves as Africans. And she is in Mauritius, of course, this week. And she joins us on the line now. Uh, bonjour, Nigiwe. Bonjour, Polani. <laughs> so you visited... <laughs> No, you're right. Let's just come back home. You're right. Yes, you're sharp. sharp. So you visited the African Leadership University this morning. What did you find? Oh, but I mean, it's such a brilliant initiative by the African Leadership Network. Fred Swanaka is the CEO and founder of the African Leadership University, which was initially established in 2013 in South Africa, but subsequently set up in Mauritius in 2015. We were at the campus this morning and spent some time with the CEO, Fred Swanaka. Now, the thinking behind the African Leadership University, Kolani, is that uh, Africa has a dire need of uh, higher education institutions. At the moment, for example, he says, uh, we only currently have 8% of those people who need to be enrolled at universities in that position and compared with countries like India, uh, which has a 26% enrollment rate, and China with 30%, and the West, which has far higher level. So he wanted to rectify that and saw a business opportunity in that as well. So they went about doing that in 2015. They currently have about 300 students from 35 African countries. And the whole point is to produce and development world-class African leaders which are going to be seized and tasked with developing uh, the continent. So the curriculum is geared towards that, where they tackle the challenges and also explore the opportunities that that exist on the continent. It really is a fantastic thing, aiding in skills development or the development of the continent. Wow, it sounds amazing. But what what made them choose Mauritius as a launching pad? This is a very interesting story, Kalani, because as I said, they started in South Africa in 2013 because, you know, previously, of course, they started the African Leadership Academy, which is the school in South Africa, which is now celebrating its 10-year anniversary this year. So when they started the university, for example, because they're a pan-African business, they had staff from across the continent, and they really battled in terms of getting work permits and that sort of thing. For example... Um, 40 of their staff, um, they had 40 staff and half of them uh, were from other parts of the continent and they battled to get work permits for those people. Yet here in Mauritius, which is wonderful for doing business, uh, work permits uh, take, you know, within a day. So for the complete staff complement, they had all the work permits within two months for 150 people. And of course, you know, there are no exchange controls here. And as a pan-African business, they need to be able to pay people across the continent and they're able to do that easily. So Mauritius is very conducive for any kind of business, even in the education sector. Of course, the locations is naturally fantastic but also the visa regime where there are no visas required for 50 of the 54 African countries. So if you're trying to attract students from across the continent, there's no better place to be because Mauritius facilitates that. It makes it easy because it is trying to position itself as a higher education hub as well. So that's where Fred saw that opportunity. Wow. Hey, very, very interesting. But what is the school's revenue model, Nix? 
You know, it's an interesting one, Tolani. I mean, I think where in South Africa we're seized with finding a model that works and allows and, and is inclusive of, of students. What they're doing here is that it, it's the revenue streams is, is a threefold one. Uh, the first aspect is that they expect the students to pay something towards their, their education, whatever it is that they can afford. The second element is there is an investment fund. So they approach investors uh, with the sole aim of investing in future leaders of Africa. So Fred's plan, for example, that they will then ultimately develop 25 similar campuses around the continent. And over the next 50 years, that will mean 3 million African leaders for the future who are highly skilled at the tenth of the price. So wouldn't you want to invest in those people? And the returns for those investors is that once the student uh, graduates and starts working, only when they start working, they're then required to pay back some of uh, the funding which they got towards uh, their fees. It's a percentage of their income to be established between uh, the university and said investor. And the third, uh, the third revenue stream, Golani, is that corporates around the continent are looking for skilled individuals. So they're getting them to fund a portion of the fees as well so that they develop people who naturally then go into those companies. So it's an interesting model, one um, that I'm sure, sure will work. Um, and I think for South Africa as well, which is looking at different ways of funding that much needed higher education that that's something to look at it is indeed hey next listen thank you very much really appreciate it uh, looking forward to seeing you when you come back here at home now for more on nigiwa's travels go to africaconnected.702.co.za it's africaconnected.702.co.za standard bank calls africa home and drives her growth combining their strong african presence with global capabilities they support the aspirations of clients looking for a banking partner who knows africa standard bank has partnered with seven on Africa Connected to give you in-depth, first-hand insights into Africa's diverse markets. Let Standard Bank be your partner for growth on this continent we call home.